Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This, this is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. Welcome to a happy Monday for those who enjoy Mondays. I'm not one of them. Monday, Monday is Monday. And Monday, Monday, or uh, Milk and Honey Monday, whatever kind of Monday you want to have out there, hopefully you're having a great one and sitting here with me, talking on the show, watching me clamor on about the things that were going on in the NFL. And if you didn't know this already, and if you were looking, not looking at television, or perhaps your local Twitter machine and your um, little handheld uh, laundromat bubble <laughs> on the screen, you would have seen that. There's quite a few things going on in the NFL, and usually it's not the same thing every single day. There has been some type of uh, ruling today. We're going to go into that momentarily, but I wanted to get the good stuff out of the way. Of course, that is the Hall of Fame game going on in three days on Thursday. I cannot wait for this. It is the most exhilarating time of the year when you're watching your favorite players get inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. But more importantly, the game itself, which is always a segue after the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Now, two unlikely teams get to face off on Thursday. Of course, Jacksonville Jaguars. I may have spoken about this before. You may have uh, heard it on the Mean Gene show. Maybe you heard it here on the Rude Dog show. Either way, there's uh, shows for everyone and shows for all. Well, we're going to find out what medal these two teams have between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Las Vegas Raiders. I can't wait for this game. I've been waiting all offseason, looking at all the drafts, at the NFL draft, talking to different players, talking to constituents. I'm excited. I'm, I am like bona fide excited, cannot wait for kickoff. Okay, fine, so it may be a little vanilla. But who doesn't like a little whipped cream on their vanilla? ice cream, right? You can go get a shake and get some uh, whipped cream put on top of your milkshake if you'd like, or if that's your flavor of the day or not, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be exhilarating. I cannot wait. It's going to be a full house and uh, maybe one year I'll get there where we're going to find out. I want to get that out of the way so I can start on more, more of a serious topic. And when I say serious, I mean, I would say relatively heinous. Borders on the line of heinous. Yes, it does. I cannot believe, out of all things today, I get to have the, the, the daunting task of putting this all into perspective for those that don't know, that don't understand it, much like myself. During the CBA, there were, and of course you don't know what CBA is, collective bargaining agreement between the NFL, the NFLPA, and its players. The NFLPA represents those players, and with that, the understanding that there's going to be certain rules and a mix of uh, things that can be put on the table that can be taken away by the players at any given time. They could say, yes, we want this, or no, we don't. But today, just kind of set the precedent, you think about it in the NFL, does the NFL like women? We know it's players do. We've seen it throughout historical times unprecedented times. Deshaun Watson certainly loves female massage therapists, as we've seen. 
but more importantly, the 20 plus accusations, of course, claim none to be criminal with any criminal intent whatsoever. But more importantly, we look at the judgment that was handed down by Sue Robinson. And I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to stay objective here. I really am. It's, it, it's tough though, because you're putting women in a corner. And I don't like the corner they're being put in. And I don't, I don't agree with that point of view of not understanding who the women are, much less the NFL stance on who these women are, what they represent in today's sports landscape. And the sad part about this is, is as I say hello to uh, Maria, this is Rudy Reyes live on the Rude Dog Show. Today's California, today's Canada. Betty, Betty, Ponesca. Ponescu, Cornelius, thank you for joining. Barry, thanks for chiming in. Appreciate it. And uh, Marie again. Hello to Barry. So there you go. There's your love for the day. And I cannot believe we're going to have this conversation in more of an in-depth, critical teeter-totter of what this hand down of a six-game suspension. Six games, that's it. That's it. 20-plus accusations, non-criminal. Of course, the majority of them were paid off and or could have been intimidated by lawyers for Deshaun Watson. We don't know. We can fabricate whatever we want. But the fact is that he was sent off packing for six games in the beginning of the 2022 NFL season. That's it. No more. That sends messages across the board, arrows at ships saying, we're going to strike your bow, but this is a warning shot. And of course, the ship is filled with nothing but women. Because now they have targets on their back because it sets the wrong tone to other players who have may be likely they have a propensity and believe that because Deshaun Watson got off on six games, that maybe they can get the same type of punishment. Well, what's six games? I can go intimidate a physical therapist. I can intimidate a woman. I can get away by beating her in an elevator. I can I can pick on her all I want, and that's all I'm going to get is six games. Boo-hoo. And not get fined. Because there was no money associated with Deshaun Watson's suspension. Huh. Imagine that. Why? Why? Why was there no money at all taken from him when all this transpired? When it all occurred? When it now all of a sudden we decide to put the hands of decision-making processes away from Roger Goodell, commissioner of the NFL, and give them, give those executables to somebody who is supposed to be bipartisan in a retired capacity like Sue Robinson is right now. A woman giving him six games, not an entire year. I don't believe that she set the right message to anybody, man, woman, or child. More than a monetary fine, suspend him and fine him. Make him sit out the entire year. He hasn't touched a football in over a year in any live game that I've seen coming over from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns. Now he's practicing a training camp. That's nothing. That's not real time. It's not real time. 
Hey, Javon, thank you so much. Appreciate you chiming in. Hello, back to you. It's so, uh, it's so egregious. This, this should not have happened. Now, women in the NFL want a day off. I don't blame them. I'd probably take a day or two off myself. But I'm, in, I'm not in their position. I'm not the one who's trying to scratch and claw to get to the next level of my professional career. Because if I say anything, if I speak out, and all of a sudden I'm the bad person. I'm the one to blame. What? Again, another sad and incorrect message. These women now feel that they have to watch out with every P and Q and be almost overly selective in regards to who, in fact, they want to service. Massage legs. Watch out for this guy. Massage your arms. Well, watch out for him. He, he's, he's, got, he's got issues. They don't know what they're getting. It may be great on the field, great in the locker room, and I'm not picking on NFL athletes to suggest that they're the only ones involved in this or who have made notable contributions to such negativity against women. No, because I guarantee you this is widespread. This is not just about NFL players, and I'm not picking on them. I'm merely stating for the record that there is more than just tunnel vision going on here. From my point of view, the way that I look at it is, is I don't, I'm not looking for Watson apologists. I'm not looking for the whimsical commentary that the Browns organization wants to feed everybody. We're a, we're a team first. Well, clearly. That's probably the only part of this I even believe. They're team first, team centric, and all they want to do is protect their investment. Very expensive one, I might add. And the NFL will appeal this. I guarantee it. I will put every word that I'm saying back in my mouth and regurgitate it on my next show if the NFL does not appeal this. I just don't see that not happening. I don't. It has nothing to do with the shield and you know protect the NFL. No, this is about doing the right thing, setting the right tone, and I would not go to a retired federal judge to make this decision the nfl proved its case civilly almost criminally but when money talks and your career's on the line as a woman what do you do do you fight the man do you fight the person do you fight the inevitable losing battle against Someone who's a millionaire a hundred times over? You're not going anywhere anytime soon. Much less be named in the documentation so that way somebody else could actually look you up and say, no, we're not going to hire you. Thanks, though. Appreciate it. No, and you're right. We, we don't clearly know that anything did not happen. So I'm going to take the other side of this coin, Russell Barber. There was enough to do plenty, and that's why the NFL is going to appeal this. And I appreciate you chiming in there. That's not entirely true. Browns fans cheered for this guy once he was on the field. 
cheered, not objectively because they know for a fact that wins cure all. New England Patriots, the flake gate, wins cured everything. In every gate that the Patriots have had, winning cures all. And they did. They've, they, they matched the Steelers for most wins by an NFL team in NFL history. Even though Pittsburgh was first to six, other teams followed. And the New England Patriots were that team. Now, Cleveland Browns last year with a um, lateral quarterback with a lateral tear now finds himself in Carolina in Baker Mayfield. I think that's a better place for him. I'm not going to get into he said, she said, we said, they all said. I'm, I'm getting down to the proof, and the money is what silenced the proof. That's my opinion, and I'm, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that stance. This is, this is not a court of law that I would even suggest or want to be addressed in or found guilty or innocent in. It's an interesting take, Russell. Make no mistake about it. I hear you. I get what you're saying. But as obvious, what's obvious to you and what's obvious to fans, what's obvious to me, it's not the same thing. And I'm not even talking about fans of the Browns. I'm talking fans in general. Fans of all ages, all genders, all sizes. They obviously don't see this as being just. So as many people, I've been wanting to say this for a while actually, so I'm glad we're having this conversation, that 20 plus women were wrong? Is that right? Is, is that my understanding? That all these women decided to go in cahoots, work together in a big Ponzi scheme, and trying to take Deshaun Watson for all the money he has? You, there's no way I'm buying that. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Thank you, Lisa Hoffman, for chiming in. Appreciate it. I mean, the proof is in the numbers. That's the obvious part beyond obvious to me it's way too obvious Deshaun Watson knew that his sexual conduct contact confluence was unwanted by these women there's it doesn't take somebody who's a rocket scientist to figure out that if a woman tells you no that means no no is the same across every language barrier and nobody can convince me otherwise the fact alone that he had uh, reckless disregard for the consequences of his conduct and find and I find equivalent to intentional conduct. End quote. That's enough to be criminal, is it not? Would that not be suggestive? As suggestive as it was for him to get these women to uh, touch his private parts? I'm not convinced that these women were in uh, uh, any type of coup to take up down Deshaun Watson. All they wanted to do was to tell their side of the story. But again, 
and I'll say this again for the second time, people that have money pushed in their face that don't want their reputation destroyed in an industry that had taken them well over 15 to 25 years to get into, this is not about power that these women have. This is about resolution. Well, the resolution was not resolved. It was dissolved by the judge and the court and the decision and everything associated with this very unprecedented six-game suspension. Now, the bigger question is this. How does the NFL save face in all of this? How? If you can explain that, I got some swamp land in Arizona to sell you. It's going to be a daunting task because now the NFL, not only do they have female referees that the NBA has, by the way, they have NFL, they have female executives in Major League Baseball. Yes, they do. So now these women are ultimately put in a very precarious situation. They have earned their right, fought their way, educated themselves, networked extremely well. They're professionals from end to end, top to bottom, side to side, up and down. Now, mind you, I'll give a, a plus minus to those that don't go about it the right way because you know who you are versus the ones that have and that will and that do. Now, what's interesting is, is even back when Ben Roethlisberger was accused of uh, raping three women, there were tons of jokes about him, about all the alleged uh, activities. And I don't know if something could have happened. Could it? Maybe. But again, what's as obvious to me isn't obvious to you and obviously not so obvious. Just because it's common for us doesn't mean it's common for everyone else. I'll even take this a step further. I, I, I will take it up a notch. Dan Snyder, one of the biggest owner-slash-offenders in the National Football League for violations against women in the workplace. And that covers all gamuts. I'm not just talking about the fact alone that he has the ability because they're there and he has them at arm's length to say, hey, if you do this, you may get that in a quid pro quo situation. And the circumstances for him is, what does that even mean? Now, mind you, this goes back to 2009. 2009, we're in 2022. So he has a right to pull a Watson? Is that elementary? What's elementary is, is that he has dragged this on for so long, has told courts that I don't want to be, you know, I'm busy. I have a scheduled conflict. I want to do this. I want to do that. What is, what is, what is that? That, that what? Do you have the ultimate capability of being a guy who is going to go by the wayside? Or are you going to tell the truth and just be honest and say, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I did this. This is on me. This is my fault. I'm the one to blame. I'll take whatever punishment. That's what somebody who's actually guilty and wants to come clean will do. 
unlike Deshaun Watson, hiding behind his lawyers. The type of conversation and, and, and verbality that he gives us is, oh, I'm here to focus on the game, and I'm here to focus on this, and I'm here to focus on that. I can't suggest that that's not true intent. He wants to put it behind him. I, I would too. I would too. But if he wasn't guilty of something, why would he feel the need to pay somebody off? And I had this conversation on Twitter earlier today at very short bursts here and there. If you're not guilty, why would you pay money to someone? It's like throwing something at the wall and expect it to stick. Well, that's exactly what he's, that's what he did. Unfortunately, it did stick. It stuck to a point where now he doesn't have to pay a lot of that money. He gets to sit in the, in the lap of luxury with fans cheering him on as he leaves the practice field during every Browns, uh, you know, training. This is like the second week of camp. To say, you know what? I'm going to practice. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to have my game. I'll have my time in the sun. All during preseason, I'll get all the snaps. But then six games will occur. And it'll be almost the middle of the season. Three more would be the middle of the season in week 18. It'll only serve six games. So not quite half of the season, but close. Now, I'll tell you this. If I had it my way, he would be suspended an entire year. He'd be fined probably a, maybe a million of that $100 million with tons of money up front guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So that way he can really be taught a lesson. Now, he chose not to suit up for the Houston Texans to some extent. Minus injury and it's a bad look. And uh, before all this came out, he played an entire season the year before last. The problem I have with this is that he'll continue to do this. You're rewarding bad behavior. And this is something that he's going to have to atone for one way or another. You can, you can give me all the hogwash garbage that you can if you're a Browns fan or out of the Browns organization. Yeah, you guys are going to win. The Browns fans will win some games. The Browns will win some games. The fans will, will be cheering them on. But at the end of the day, out of every single game that's played, when I look at this, I think to myself, is he... Is he serious? Is he going to atone for this? Is he going to work in the community to change the image that he tarnished, which was self-inflicted tarnishment? Let's hope so for his sake, for his benefit. And the fans that support him, the ones that are cheering him on, the ones that are wanting for him to run into the end zone for a touchdown. I want to see how that works out. For him, I hope he's able to recover from all of this I just hope that there's justice served because six games is not justice. It's not. This is Rudy Reyes on Today's California, live on YouTube, Twitter. This show will be on the show.com. Check it out. Like it, love it, share it. That's just what I enjoy the most. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all your commentary. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you. It's been uh, just appreciated to no end. Well, I want to close this show out with uh, some notable injuries and maybe not really an injury necessarily, but still enough to keep 
Kyler Murray away again from playing with his now beloved since he got that you know uh, guaranteed money boost signing through was it 2025 2026 somewhere in that genre he's questionable he tested positive for covid okay there's a margin of error there i don't fully blame him in any not in a complete capacity that he decided to acquire it maybe he's not uh, boosted maybe he doesn't have his shots don't know marquise brown is out due to a hamstring he should be going to go next week at least at some juncture max williams got a, has a knee issue as well uh brian edwards for the atlanta falcons Deion jones eric harris Taquan graham this is a laundry list there are ones even longer than this one Taquan graham uh, tease Tabor, isaiah oliver frank darby cameron batson and keith smith smith excuse me find themselves out on injury list but what's even worse is last year baltimore ravens faced a covid sweep of injuries uh, just a sweep of guys out charlie collar out jk dobbins out or excuse me collar is questionable gus edwards out or darius washington out ronnie staley out marcus peters out tyus bowser out ricky uh, uh Pearson person out David Ajabo questionable it just hits just keep on coming I don't know what happened I don't know what's going on but there's got to be a, a solution a lot sooner or later for the Baltimore Ravens from an injury standpoint Buffalo Bills dealing with some injuries as well Jake Kumaro Eli Ankal uh Ike Bodger Roger Saffold and Tredevious White, that's not good. That, that guy's a solid corner. Almost shut down last year. Shut down corner contributor. Carolina Panthers also dealing with some as well when you have guys like J.C. Horn, Shaq Thompson, Utura, Gross Matos, uh, Marquise Haynes Sr., um, Devlon Nixon, and Cameron Irving. All questionable except for Shaq, who is out currently. Bears. Thomas Graham, Lucas Patrick, Michael Joseph, Teji Sharp, Dane Cruikshack, Roquan Smith, which is absolutely devastating, out. Riley Reif, tackles, questionable. Bengals have a laundry list as well. T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, Joe Burrow, out. A successful surgery to remove his appendix. Should be back into play at some point. Uh, Joseph Asai, uh, Khalil Kareem, Brandon Wilson, Joe Batchy, Trin Irwin, Tyler Shelvin, Jermaine Pratt, also out for the Bengals. So you can see this is this is a lot. This this is not going to go away. These guys are going to find themselves, uh, uh, hopefully, be able to come back, make a difference for their team during the regular season. Of course, we know that that's still some time away. These guys will have a chance, opportunity to recover from these injuries. I thought I'd touch on that. I thought I'd give you guys a little bit of insight, not only on the injury front, uh, but as well as my thoughts on Deshaun Watson. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I try to be as objective as possible, and, and I make no, no excuses for my thought process on Deshaun Watson uh, and, and that whole debacle. 
but more importantly, it's it's a matter of the amends. We understand we understand the problem at least as we understand it, but it's more about the solution to this than the problem itself. So that I'm Rudy Reyes. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great evening.